I just want to take a moment and smile at you, and y'all smile back at me, because I know that I'm loved, and I want you to know, each and every one of you here today, that I love you very much, and I hope that, that we all have that sense of harmony in our lives one to another. I really want to thank the elders and our ministers, these men who stand in this pulpit, I look up to you because you stand here week in and week out, and you don't know how I kind of worry about what I'm going to say, but I really appreciate the fact that you men stand in the gap for us. And these elders who stand for the truth that's going to be preached from this pulpit. So I just want to say thank you for the opportunity once again. Uh, this lesson that I'm going to present to you tonight was born uh, right before Christmas of this year. Uh, it was inspired, this lesson, after reflecting on my own shortcomings of an event that I'll tell you about later on. And I really just want you to remember that we need to love everyone that we come in contact with at every opportunity that you have to do it. I wanted, Jenna, Jenna told me that I needed a, a visual aid, you know, something to help out. So, you know, I, she gave me this. Now, I really don't know what this is. Uh, is this uh, some kind of money? What is this? What is that? $20? $20? Okay, well, Charlene doesn't let me handle anything above a dollar bill, so I'm not real... <laughs> I'm not real familiar with with money like this, but I I know it's twenty dollars. That's a lot of money, isn't it, y'all? It is to me. But it has value, doesn't it? Right now, it's a crisp, brand new twenty dollar bill here. It, it has value. Well, let's just say, for instance, that I cut it, cut a few places in it. Does it still have value? It's got all these cuts and tears in it. It still has value. You can take it to the store and you can, you can get goods and services for you, right? Well, let's say that I take a marker and I mark all over this $20 bill. Sorry, Jenna, about your $20 bill. <laughs> it's, it still has value, right? Well, I mean, even though it's dirty and nasty and people stepped on it, it still has value, right? I say all that to tell you that this is how God loves us. It doesn't matter how much dirt, oh, and how much I'm going to have to tape this back together now. <laughs> it doesn't matter how much tape we have to put on it. It doesn't matter how dirty it is, how many tears it has in it. Our soul to God is valuable. He loved us so very much. I want to read to you how much God really loved us and how much Jesus really loved us. And after I read this, I've asked Brother Chad to uh, lead a song. Uh, actually, the words that we're going to read, we're going to sing. And what I would ask you to do, I know that Brother Chad had mentioned a week or so ago, when you 
are here in the worship assembly, it's your privilege to sing. You know, it, it's, a, it's a great privilege to stand here and sing to the true and the living God. So take that, take that opportunity for yourself. You know, you're not really doing it to please the preacher or the song leader, but do it for yourself and to, to God. Sing to the Lord. We may not all have the greatest voices. Y'all know I don't. But we've got to sing because that's what he's told us. If you would, turn with me to 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 11. And it says this, and remember, listen to the words when we sing the song here shortly. Because it's in, in essence what we're going to say, read right here. It says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Would you sing with us?
tell you what, where I sat just now, that was beautiful to hear our voices lifted in harmony and praise to God. So we know by the scriptures here that we show our love to God by loving one another. How simple is that? We could stop this whole sermon right here, have an invitation, and go on our merry ways. It's that simple, folks. Let's look at Galatians chapter 6 and verse 10. And this is a verse that we use oftentimes, and I think a lot of times we key in on one part and we forget about a part. It says in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 10, I was on the wrong book. Let me get over here. 6 and verse 10. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. I think a lot of times in my readings, when I've looked at this scripture, I've always keyed in on especially the household of faith. And there's a lot of people outside of the household of faith. Um, all means all. Wherever they are, they're, they're sinners. We're sinners. We're in the household of faith. None of us are without sin, right? No sin is worse than any other. But a lot of times we look at someone else's sin outside the church where they have no hope. And we have an, an opportunity to share with the all, to bring them into the brotherhood. And that's what we're here for, is to not only come into this building and worship the true and the living God, but to go out those doors. It says, leave to serve right there. Everywhere you go, you're going to have opportunities. And you're going to fail from time to time, as you'll see here in some of the things that I've got to say. But we've got to love everyone enough to share the gospel that was shared with us. Somebody shared it with us. We each have a story to tell. We are thinking about it right now where someone shared the gospel with you. I'd like to look at about five different areas specifically uh, for us. Danny touched on one of them uh, this morning. Uh, on the kids, and I'll, I'll kind of briefly hit on that. But I'd like to look at our spouses. I love my wife very much. Do I show her that I love her all the time? I don't. I fail in this. And uh, I'm trying to get better at this. I try to do the little things, maybe open the door for her, things that, I've taken for granted for a long time in my life. And maybe you have too with your husband or your wife or your boyfriend or girlfriend to really show them that, that you appreciate them and that you really love them. Because the only way they're going to know that you really love them is to show them that you love them. I've got a suit coat on here tonight, something y'all don't see me in often. And by the way, I'm not sweating too bad. Uh, a lot of times in the church, we, uh, we have our fine clothes that we wear to church. 
And we get home, and I'd kind of like to reference it as your Christian garb, your Christian coat. A lot of times we have that Christian coat on when we walked in, walk into the services, and we're the best Christian. We smile, we're involved, we're engaged, and we walk into the door at our homes. And what happens? We take that Christian coat off and we pick up our worldly coat. It's kind of like a scene from Mr. Rogers. I don't know. Most of you older people remember Mr. Rogers. He came in with one coat and sing his song, and he picked up another coat. And put it on, but you kids don't know about him. Uh, but we've got to keep our Christian coat on, our husbandly coat on, our wifely coat on. Show respect to that partner. And we've got to do it 24-7. We can't do it from time to time. Um, Ephesians chapter 5 and verse uh, 25 tells us, Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave gave himself for her. If you're willing to give your life for your wife, are you willing to do those little things to let her know that you love her, that you respect her, that she's your best friend? Wives, the same way with your husbands. Are you there to respect him, to love him? You've become... One flesh. And then if you take it on down to verse 33 of Ephesians chapter 5, it says, Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. It just speaks to us greatly of what God expects from a husband and wife. And as we talked about with our singing, it shouldn't be because we have to. It should be because we want to be pleasing to God. So we can love one another in that aspect. And Danny really, I really appreciate what he said this morning about being involved, being engaged with the kids. Uh, That's the next portion I was wanting to look at is our children. Um, You can see this in a mother's eyes. When a child falls and scrapes their knees when they're little, you know, the the terror look of a mother or the tears of of not knowing how to fix the problem because the child may be too small to tell them. But that's, that's when you can see real love. Or when a father is protecting his family, you can see the love uh, there as well. And in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 1, as we follow on down, it says... Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. For you young people, honor your mother and father. They love you. They may not always get it right. Jenna, you know that your dad has not always got it right. And uh, I've made my mistakes, and I've apologized to my children for those mistakes. Um, but love them enough to let them know when you make mistakes, you're wrong. And let them know that you're going to make it right. So you've got to be involved. Show them that the gospel is alive, and it's alive in your actions and the way you talk 
and treat your children in the home, in public, wherever it may be. Thirdly, in the church. And I love when Brother Matt will say things like, let's hug on one another. Does it kind of make you smile? Does it kind of make you happy? I've always been a hugger. I like, it's just in, in me to hug people. It's really tough for me to see that kind of fire and then in the same vein to see divisions among brothers, the brotherhood. It's a, it's a tough thing for us to look at. But we have clear direction. When we have a problem with our brother or sister, it's like I said earlier, it's simple. The Bible is simple. It tells you, go fix it. Don't go to someone else. Don't go to this person or that person. Go to that person. Work it out with love. See the other, other person as more important than yourself. The Bible tells us uh, several times in the Gospels to deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow him, being Jesus Christ. The first step every time in that command is the, to deny ourselves. And that's a hard thing for us to do. But if we love each other enough, if we love God enough, we will deny ourselves. Uh, Matthew chapter 5, verses 23 and 24. This speaks directly to our worship and it being acceptable and pleasing to God. And that's Matthew chapter 5, verses 23 through 24. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and they remember that your brother has something against you, Leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First, first, be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Folks, Jesus is tell, that's the words of Jesus himself telling us our worship is not going to be pleasing if we have not fixed the problem with our brother or our sister. You, the fact that you're sitting in a pew, if that's the case... It's not going to do any good. You've got to love people enough to go to them. Work these things out. Luke chapter 17. And verse 3 through 4. Luke 17, 3 through 4. It says, Take heed to yourselves. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him. And, it, and if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in the day and seven times in a day returns to you saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. That's not me saying this, people. This is Jesus Christ, the man who hung up on the cross, who loved us enough, showed us real love, saying, fix the problem. Talk to your brothers and sisters. You can do this. Uh, Matthew chapter 18, verse 15 through 17. Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. And if he hears you, 
you have gained your brother. That's a great statement right there. But if he will not hear you, take with you one or two more, that by the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. You've got to love people enough to try to want to gain that brother, that sister back in Christ. I guess the thing that I keep thinking about is this ought not to be. We hear this a lot of times in the scriptures. And that is true. It's, it's, a, it's a sad scene when you, walk into, when, when you walk into a church and you see folks that you know are at odds with one another. It's sad when we come to worship and, and if we're not right with our brother. But you might offer, but, but Brother Kerry, you don't know. That, they did this to me. And they did this to me. Fill in the blank. You can come up with all kinds of things. They stole from me, you know, whatever it might be. Well, let me tell you what they didn't do to you. They did not stand and accuse you and say, crucify him, crucify him. They did not stand by as you drug your cross to Calvary to be crucified. They did not stand by as those Roman soldiers lifted you up and hung you on a cross till you suffocated. All of your body was hanging down upon itself. But you know what he did while he was standing up there on that or hanging on that cross? He looked down in mercy and said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. I don't know how much clearer that can be, you know. Some of the things that I feel like somebody has wronged me out in the past, I've had to look at it and go, you know, that's not a big deal. I've got to love my brother and sister more. Chad, I, I, this, I was supposed to actually ask you here. This is where I'd like, uh, Brother Chad's going to lead us in uh, verse number three of song number three, which is uh, How Great Thou Art. And then he's going to follow suit with number 98, which is Oh How I Love Jesus. And I thank you, Timothy, for singing that earlier uh, in the lesson. But pay attention to these words, uh, to the the words that we're we're actually going to be singing here.
about the Jesus that loves us. He first loved us, and we get to love him back because he first loved us. This portion here is where we talk about those in need, those who are in the world. I want to share an experience with you that happened uh, December of this last year at a Wendy's in Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, me and my family were traveling, and we had stopped on our way home from a good visit with family prior to the Christmas holiday. And we walked into the restaurant, and we ordered our food. And we sat down, and we saw a, a dirty man and a dirty woman, very dirty. Their hands were covered with, with, with dirt, their faces uh, just layered in clothes. They were homeless. And we saw a man and a woman and their family sitting nearby. Well, we, we watched as we ate our meal. This man was approached by these homeless people. First, the homeless man brought some napkins to the table. He, he wanted some money. As, as most of the time would be. But he brought napkins. He brought something to this family. Then the lady brought straws to the family. And we watched all this play out. And you could see that the man was getting really agitated and very frustrated with the situation. And I heard the woman say, Could you spare a dollar and 35 cents? And the man jumped up out of his chair 
his chair sliding backwards, tearing at his wallet, just reached in and got the first bill. I believe it was a $5 bill, and he just kind of threw it at her and said, just leave me and my family alone. Just get out of here. Just leave us alone. Oh, we're just trying to have a meal. I say that looking from the outside, but the man that I've just described to you is the man that's standing here before you. I went into the bathroom because I touched the woman's hand, her dirty hand, and I was washing my hands trying to clean up. You know, I was very frustrated, very angry still at that point. And I got to look in the mirror as I raised up and I'm drying my hands off. And I realized, you know, I, I, was, I was made a mistake, a bad mistake. I didn't get to fix that problem with that man and woman. Um, like I would have liked to have. I apologized to my family as we drove on our way home for what I had done and the kind of example that I had shown them. But I remembered this, that I allowed an opportunity to slip through my hands that day. And that's something that I will live with for the rest of my life. That was a bad decision. I've asked God to forgive me, but that opportunity is already passed. I may never see that man and woman, that homeless man and woman again. So all that I can do now is pray each day when I say my prayers that they will come in contact with a loving Christian who might share the gospel with them. The same gospel that was shared with me all those many years ago when I was in my sin and somebody may have been afraid to touch my dirty hand. That dollar and 35 cents that that lady asked me for will forever stay with me. And I will re rewind that situation in my head over and over. But I want to make that right with with everyone that I know and I want to share that opportunity don't let that happen to you don't let that opportunity to help somebody go by the wayside you know it's like I was telling you you know we could wear these fine duds in church and be Mr. Christian and here I was after a Christmas vacation with my family and this is what I did so be that doesn't mean that we, we can't be good stewards of the gifts we're given. This, this man and woman didn't smell of alcohol or anything like that. I could have done a lot of things for them, given them food, whatever. But Brother Chad, about a week later, unbeknownst to you, you are my Nathan the prophet. If you're familiar with the story in Second uh, Samuel chapter 12, if you would turn with me there, 
I won't read all this, but I'll just give you a, a synopsis of this. Second Samuel chapter 12, and you can read this on your own. Nathan the prophet came to King David, and King David, he told King David this story about a man who had lots, lots of sheep, had lots of, of animals. And then there was a poor man who had one little ewe lamb. And if you remember in this story, what happens is the rich man received a guest. And instead of taking from his flock, he took the poor man's one little ewe lamb and served it to his guest. And if you look at this story, King David got mad. He said, who is this man? And that day, one week later, I knew I was that man. I was the one who had done wrong. Brother Chad read these words to us that day. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 42. Give to him who asks you. And from him who wants to borrow from you, do not turn away. This was, these are the words of Jesus. I can't dispute these words. Also, if you look at Matthew chapter 25 and verse 35 through 40. For... And this is the one that kept replaying in my mind over and over. We hear this a lot of times, but I got to see it in action. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, Inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. If we don't do it, we missed our opportunity when we got, when Jesus was there. We would have had that opportunity. Don't let that opportunity pass you by. Love people enough wherever they are to see to their needs. And you might have that opportunity to share the gospel with them when the, when, at a later time. And I do know this. That Matthew chapter 15 and verse 18 tells us that those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart and they defile the man. So a lot of times we might say, well, you made a mistake. You know, you, you, you spoke before you thought. That day I didn't speak before I thought. I acted upon my heart. My heart wasn't right that day and I had to make that right with God. So I urge you, if you have situations like that in your life, get past it. Deny yourself. 
Take up your cross and follow him. You'll be so much happier for it. I've been so much happier since December. I've, I've tried to engage with the church and, and be an involved person. When I see people out on the roads, I try to share a smile. I try to share what I've got with them. And I'm so much happier for it. I'm getting a lot of benefit from it. But in the same vein, I know I made a mistake, and I'll have to live with that. And I pray for that man and woman daily. So we've, we've talked about love. We've talked about a lot about how you don't love by my example. So how do you start loving again when you've done these kind of things? If, we, if you look with me in Ezekiel chapter 37, we're going to talk about some bones for a few minutes. And this is a prophet Ezekiel. And this is uh, chapter 37, verses 1 through 14. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and indeed, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, O Lord God, you know. Again he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Surely I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin and put breath in you, and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied there was a noise and suddenly a rattling. And the bones came together, bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them over, but there was no breath in them. Also he said to me, Prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, Thus saith the Lord, Come from the four winds, O breathe, and breathe, O breath, and breathe on these slain, that they may live. So I...